Pop Break Candy Peeps. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That was the worst. <laughs> Is that the worst introduction I've ever done? I was riffing. Susie said go, and I, like, panicked. Go with it. And what came out was, like, 90s hip-hop. Hey, no, no apologies here. No regrets. That was like a rap where you say, yo, 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 my name is Sarah and I'm here to say, which is like the worst way you could possibly introduce a rap, right? right. Ugh, nothing says I don't know how to rap like that. Yeah. Welcome to episode 166 yeah, man. of the Brain Candy Podcast, which will not be rap themed. No, no. In any way. But happy because we promised that. Yeah. I did promise that on the last one. I think I'm going to have... Uh, I think I'm going to deliver. I hope I Oh my I God, me deliver. too. That reminds me, I got to queue up some music for oh, you. Because before we start happy stuff. Oh my God. Probably got it. Are you pissed off about something? Uh, no. <sighs> am I? Are you? Maybe. Feel it out. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I am. Okay, this. Okay, I'm going to play the audio for you, but let me just say that you're going to want to see the video of this too. I'll put it in the newsletter and you should Google it. Oh, is this the song you were yeah. talking to me about? Just to kick things off. Okay, great. Oh yeah, I'm so excited. I didn't know we were going this direction. I'm, I cannot I get this song out of my head. Okay, let's hear it. And see it for you. All right, hold on. This is so great. <laughs> excited. Um, the ad is playing on YouTube. Oh. It's so Where great. did you find this? I saw it on Facebook. It's probably given my field of, of study. This uh-huh. is... Probably why it showed up, you know, my friends. Okay, here we go. Ready? I have no idea what this could possibly be. Okay. Oh, no. <gasps> I've seen this. Not what we'll be seeing on the Grammys uh, anytime soon, but that was a, a little ditty called. I'm never getting that out of my head. <laughs> That's a little something called "Jesus Is a Friend of Mine" by Sunseed, spelled S O N S E E D. That's the most <laughs> disturbing part about that because that only makes me think of one thing. Oh yeah, I'm talking about semen. Oh yeah. <laughs> Right? Oh, But gosh. how great is that tune? And I love... I can't, now I, it's in my head. Jesus is my friend. And like, per, yes, the, in the video, like the backup singers are not people that should be on stage. Mm. <laughs> like, they Talent are not... Level. And looks. Oh, okay. More like boys <laughs> for the radio. <laughs> right. What and if that was the biggest but problem? But especially because their whole thing was like, we're going to be edgy... And then they were like choir people. Gonna be edgy because in the song he goes, like he talks about how he this might be rock and roll, but like the sound might be different, but the message is the same. Oh my gosh, that's for those real liberal uh, Bible thumpers who are like, we got to get the kids involved. 
You got to get the millennials back in and the it, church. It caught. It went viral. Many of you have probably seen this video, and I'm sure you're scarred for life. But it went viral, and then they started trying to find the singer, and they finally did. <gasps> and they did an interview with him. It was so great. And he was married to the keyboardist. Oh, go, of course he was. <laughs> this that, reminds me of the SNL skit. Yes, we know where the high school, right? Yeah. And they do rap songs, right? Ball with the ball, bang da bang, diggy diggy diggy, set the boys home from the boogie. Ball with the ball, bang da bang, diggy diggy diggy. It's exactly like that, and better, yeah, because they are not They're kidding. Real. <gasps> and that's a really good point. I mean, I love that they have a friend in Jesus like that. Yes, he is. Jesus is my friend. And I love that the verses are like going to break it down. It gets weirder mm. as it goes along too about how Jesus is a mountie; he always gets his man. <gasps> what? And it gets real like Science. double entendre. How about how on Kathy Griffin's show, <laughs> My Life on the D List, her mom Maggie, you know Tippet, yeah, Tippet Maggie, yeah. she always used to say double entendre. <laughs> and well. so now when I say it, I can't. I need to plug my... Hold on. What's what's happening? Where's my plug? Did Your Adam plug? take it? Like, what kind of plug? Like a <laughs> computer plug? I just don't want to lose power on this oh, amazing episode oh, we have gosh. planned. Oh, gosh. need that. That's important. <laughs> um, okay. Well, anyway, I just wanted to ju- you know, jumpstart the show with Jesus is my friend well, because he's all of our friends. <laughs> that is a great, happy way to start the show. What do you want to begin with? Oh, well, if we're going to be on the theme of happiness and the theme of, you know, like making the world a better place, I read a cool article in uh, the National Geographic that I stole from the dentist's office that I got in a fight with. And because, see, good did come from that story or that interaction. And it's a great article on the world's happiest places. Oh, okay. Let's hear about yeah, that. Yeah. So c- do you have a guess as to where you think the world's happiest places would be or are? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear Jamaica. Oh, that would make sense. But you're kind Brazil? of close. No, not Brazil. Okay, Japan. Mm. They live a long time, but maybe they're miserable. Yeah, you know what? You uh, are also right in line because you're naming a lot of places that are near blue zones. Oh, Canada. And that... Oh, Canada. I'm they sure seem you... so nice. Well, these are all really good all right, guesses of happy tell places. Me. But I'm, I will. I'll tell you. Um, the three that top the list for happiest places and happiest people... Sweden! Oh, you are on the money. Denmark. It's like next, ne- next door what neighbors. What was I thinking? Next door neighbors. So the one that really, so the three that top the list, Denmark, Costa Rica, oh. and Singapore. Hmm. Now that's the one on my list that the shocks me. wild card, yeah. Because, well, first let's go through the good ones. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. let's talk about let's good stuff. It. Okay. You know? So the, the few things that stood out with Denmark, I really like this, is Denmark has, uh, they care a lot about providing people with everything that they need so that their needs are really fulfilled. Yeah. Like that, they give a whole year of paternity leave to the family and they really encourage this whole idea of, oh, and they even give paternity leave to gay and lesbian parents. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. uh, We say, well, yeah, but like that's not a well, yeah, for a lot of places. And they work less than 40 hours a week and they get four vacations a year. Well, it's like the book we read, The Nordic Theory of Everything. Yeah, but then yeah. they have to pay 41 to 56% of their income in taxes. Yeah. And I'm fi- I would be so fine with that. Yeah. Like, you know. But they get free healthcare, free yes. education, free preschool. Everything is taken care of. And then the rest of the money you can do with what you please. So they have, there's this 
chart or this this it's kind graph. of what, yeah graph but like what's the shape like a, it's like a pentagon shape and it has one two three four like five sides of it like a financial social purpose physical and community and they're all little spokes and they say like the 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 best communities or like places where people are the happiest and most thriving are places that has a nice balance between all of these five spokes. Like there are some countries, say like the United States, where we may be really high in the financial category or the social category, but we're not as high in the physical category or the purpose category. And like Denmark has the lowest obesity rate Hmm. and they're really, really healthy there. Great. Yeah. There's a big focus on health. So that keeps them super happy. And, That's awesome. And they believe in like communal living. Well, so let me tell you, I, like I don't, that. there's no hope for us. So, I mean, we can just be envious. There's no way we're ever going to be on this list. And, and, uh, Costa Rica was really great because they really empower, um, small communities. Yeah. Like they divide everything. First of all, they're a country that hasn't had an army since. Right. Oh, I can't even remember. That was not in the article, but that's just something I know. Yeah. I remember, you know. My mom moved there sight unseen because she fell in love with with uh, Pura Vida. Yeah, yeah Pura Vida. Yeah. They rank really, really high on the social uh, scale and the purpose scale and the community scale, but lower on the financial because finances aren't something that's really important. I want to go to wherever they, they rank on the hilarity scale. Yeah, like super fu- Oh, is that just all Israel? Because it's happy all faces the Jewish on this, people? On this chart. Oh, wow. You should like, look at that and maybe it'll give... Oh, it says, oh my gosh, you would like South America. That answers your question right here. It says, laughing all the way. Latin Americans treasure daily pleasures such as laughter. Costa Rica and Panama are among the leading happy places because See? of laughter. High five. Yep. That is awesome. You need... And that's where we went together, Brazil. Yeah, and it was hilarious. And you know what? Look at... Oh, they, they don't get a huge smiley face, but they do get a... Happy face. Yes, they get... They're very happy. And what's on the like. U.S. part of that map? Like, what is the face on the... Oh, that's so cool. So the the faces that they have, they categorize as like their daily happiness scored on a scale of 1 to 100. And if they have a super happy face, uh, it's like with T showing, more than 75% of people scored that they were super happy. And look at how many people in Costa Rica. That's huge. Everybody's super happy. That's great. Everybody says that it's like that no matter, you know where they are not happy. Ugh, Montenegro, Serbia, Moldova, Croatia, no. Belarus. I think we all knew that. South Korea. You know what they need is wink.com. Oh, that'll make people happier. Yeah, if you need some wine <laughs> to get you in the mood, get a little happy joy on your face, you should try Wink because they personalize the wine that's sent to you, make it taste just the way you like because you take a quiz to discover what is the taste of wine that you would probably prefer. Oh, and sometimes you just get stuck drinking the same thing and you don't even know. I don't even like this stuff. You might be in a rut. You might be just one of those people that buys based on the label. And you should try Wink, which is why the website is trywink.com slash brain candy. And you get $20 off when you go there. And there's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So you never pay for a bottle you don't like. That's great. Hello. Hello. I mean, that puts a smile on my face. What's that? Nothing to lose. You guys should try it. I want to hear what you guys think of it. And those when are you get great the wines when you that just, are matched to you. Yeah, those are great. The like the wines that you can get through the um, services like Wink is they're so much more unique than what you get in a grocery store. Oh, yeah. In a grocery store, you often get a like mass marketed wine yeah. that's like. 
the McDonald's of wine. You know, it's everywhere. It's you can get it in any grocery yeah, store. It's just commonplace. Yeah, but yeah. that's not all wine. There mm-hmm. are so many wonderful little family vineyards and small production wines that don't have the, you know, manpower or marketing behind yeah. them to be in every grocery store. But and they're just as they're, yummy. I, I think better. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you can really taste the, they're unique, they're different, they're, um, you know, stuff that you're going to bring to a party and not everybody else has. It's exactly. going to be a fun You know what, experience. you people with your yellowtail, I mean, uh, nothing <laughs> against the yellowtail people. I have a lot of them. But, <laughs> but, I mean, come on, try something different. Yes. Try wink.com slash brainkinny and get a deal on that. Um, wait, I wanted to know about your, the map. Oh, yeah. Um, so mostly Eastern Europe is well, bitter. And then they also divided it by color. So they, they did it almost on a shade scale. So bright oh. yellow versus darker yellow. And that is the percentage that are considered thriving. So it's one thing if you have a bunch of happy people that say they're happy, but if they're not actually thriving as an economy or as a people, then like, you know, what is it? Here's, let me so play devil's advocate. And happy. I'll, I'll do devil's advocate a yeah, bit. Okay. Okay. So sometimes I feel like, you know how like, Everyone in the U.S. is on antidepressants and stuff, mm-hmm. and everyone's sort of miserable. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wonder if it's because there is so much of an expectation that yes. the end game is happiness, yeah. that like that's oh. uh, unrealistic because life is difficult and mm. bad things always are going to happen. Not you know, not all the time, but like some people get sick and may you might lose your job, and so this idea that like happiness is the goal, Mm -hmm. I feel like sets everybody up to be disappointed. I think it's, I hear absolutely what you're saying. And I hear that as, um, rather than it being a quest for happiness that causes the most discomfort or like, uh, uh, feelings of, I don't know. Dis-ease. Dis-ease. Yeah. I guess that's really what you would call it is more of an expectation of, uh, like a pressure to be a certain way. It's, it's, I think we've created a picture of what we think happiness is and we've defined happiness within our parameters of what happiness means. Yeah. So I think the American, if you were to ask an American, define happiness. Right. They would give you a very different definition right. than your Costa Rica Pura Vida Tico. So true. So I think we need to change what our definition of happiness, because I would see, you know, one of our book club books for last month was the, uh, 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 the funeral, the confessions of a funeral director. And it, I really, really understood the purpose of grief and how so much good can come through a moment of suffering. And that's like a, and I, I just have a strong feeling that in these communities that are seen as the most happy, they have a way of reframing the negative and reframing something that's sad like death or cuz costa rica i have, my mother lived there mm-hmm. it, i they know hardship and they i mean she lived in a town where there would be when the flood came the entire road would get washed away and it would cut out like sometimes water for people it would cut out transportation to get certain goods and they'd be like okay well we're rolling with the punches and this is what we're going to do and we're going to redirect our energy towards but you know what wasn't important 
fucking Instagram and like, you know, the, the, yeah. the bikini you were wearing, like that stuff didn't matter. It was a different definition of happiness. So, I think it goes without saying that this, the falsehoods of social media make things worse mm-hmm, too. The totally. idea that you're comparing your average yeah. life to this fake life that everyone's presenting on yeah. social media, which there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that I'm not going to take a picture of like my kid having a tantrum usually. Right. But that's still happening. You just don't see it. So it creates this very... Yeah. And even like when I think about our times on the show, um, so we go film them and then we'll come back and have a a particular memory of how it all went. But then when we watch the show, it's first of all edited, but I think more, maybe more importantly, it's put to music. (gasps) That conveys an emotion, tells you how you're supposed to feel. Uh uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'll... Usually I look back and I'm like, it was so fun. And I was, I don't know why I thought it was terrible. Look at how um, special, especially when they do like the, they do like a, um, what's that thing where they put clips together to like, yes, thank you. A montage of like a friendship or a a showman's Uh Uh or even like you winning in slow motion. Uh And you'll be like, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a sense of like, what's real versus... Yeah. What is not, and yeah. it, and social media in some way is kind of like that experience on the show where it's just a portion, absolutely with filters. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you found that though. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I I'm like glad you that. stole it. Also, I know. from that dumb the, dentist. Oh, but I want to talk about Singapore because that's the one that threw me off. Because I have a girl in my uh, program who is. Uh, her parents are American, but she was raised in Singapore. Okay. And she was talking to us about how they have public canings and public hangings. Yeah. So I don't understand. It, it kind of makes me feel a little weird to know well, that. What the article say? Just well, that I, things I are great? They, only, they didn't really say anything about that. They just said. Um, What's making them happy like on that chart? A sense of purpose, pride, and um. unity. Well, maybe they're very family-oriented or... And they have a... It says they have, like, their own approach to happiness. Oh, and they are really high in the financial scale. Like, they have a lot of infrastructure around. Like, Singapore is a relatively, like, new, built-up city that was almost... I think it... I heard from somebody else that it was one of the most diverse cities um, with... The people who live there because it's a business hub where yeah. people who live there are from all different parts of the like world. New I mean, York. Yeah. And even, even more so it says, uh, yeah, it says, although the population is largely composed of Chinese, Malays and Indians, Lee's government retained English as a way to help ensure no ethnicity would have the upper hand. He guaranteed religious freedom and equal education for all. And he subsidized home ownership. But just don't do anything wrong or you're going to get Or hung. you'll get... Ca- yeah. So that's where I was like, oh, I don't oh, yeah, know. Yoy. That's like a part... Because it's a very short... Like, they look at the... This is all they give you on each. Right. It's not it's too... one page yeah, on each. it's not and, in know, depth. And they weren't like asterisk. Oh, but also we cane them. You know, they like left that <laughs> They're out. They're super happy when we punish you know, them but publicly. But they looked at their positive emotional score compared to the a- Asian average. And Singapore rated s- statistically significant at like 12 points higher than the... You know, but I always feel like, you know, when there's like, I don't know. Hmm. Well, nowhere's perfect. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Um, I read an article. Yeah. Want to hear about it? Always. About, so the title caught my attention. It was in Glamour Magazine and it was like something to the effect of, it's not okay to be fat shamed by your doctor. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like caught my eye because I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure that's the only person that's allowed <laughs> oh, right. to fat to be shame like, you. Yo, you need, yeah. yeah, so then I was For like, okay, well, I'm going to read this and see like what the deal yeah. is. And it was talking about how in the U.S. Um, a lot of women in particular um, will avoid going to the doctor for like legitimate things because they don't want to hear about how they're overweight mm -hmm. and how there's a problem in the medical industry. And I would agree with this and I'll give you an example where, um, they will use like BMI to tell you you're overweight. And first of all, anybody that's overweight knows they're overweight. You don't need to make an announcement. The BMI thing also used to tell me that I was overweight. And right. I'm very much not. Well, I had a different hip to waist ratio. Right. So I know that it's their job to make sure their patients are aware of any potential health mm -hmm, issues. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but there's a way that you can do it without being sh like shaming them. Mm -hmm. But I was even thinking about when I took Lincoln in for his four year physical, um, his BMI said that he was overweight. <sighs> and then I. And I, she told me, and she was like, he's overweight. And I'm like, okay, thanks. And I mean, I have eyeballs, so I'm... So I didn't put, uh, take it to heart. And I was not. joking to my... This was a year, a year yeah, ago. But, but I was joking to my mom about how BMI doesn't take into consideration the size of his head, <laughs> for starters. Yeah, for sure, actually. It does and not. And like breast size and um, muscle, muscle mass, mass compared to I fat. throw the thing off. And so doctors know that BMI is not... Like mm -hmm. the perfect way to measure that, but yet they, it's kind of like how your dentist was it's shaming you about authority. the x-rays. It's like a... And I just want them to be like, look, this is an imperfect measurement, but according to this scale, yeah. you might want to be careful. It's like how they deliver the information. I mean, for goodness sakes. But they almost don't want to give you any way that you can discredit them. So they just go with it. Oh, like an all or nothing. Yeah. yeah and I'm yeah. sure we have a lot of oh listeners God, who are doctors really good, and I would point. love to hear what they have to say, but I think they would agree. BMI is imperfect, f flawed, especially with regards to like the muscle mass, yeah. breast size for women. Yeah. And even, as I said, for children with heads as big as my son's, I mean, because all it is is height and weight ratio. Right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And there's a big difference when you look at like all those pictures of 150 pounds divided between, you know, how it looks on different people. Right. Oh my god. Like a bodybuilder would totally. be considered yeah. obese yeah. in many cases. Yeah. So I, I totally was on board with this article and, and seeing how a lot of women who... One woman had strep throat, which, by the way, you can die from if you don't get antibiotics. It mm -hmm. can eventually move to different parts uh -huh. of your body. And she did not want to go to the doctor because she knew they were going to be like, yeah, you're fat. 
Oh. And it's like, what? Yeah. What is the point there? Right. I don't know. And has any, I would love to hear if anyone's ever gone to the doctor and had them say yeah. you're fat, and then be, them being like, what? And then they lost oh, weight. Right. That good point. I would love to hear a testimonial of that happening, because more often than not, I would say number one, they know. And number two, it doesn't change the fact. Yeah. No, no. What do you no. think? I agree. I'm trying to think back in, in my mind of any time. Well, yeah, you say you were overweight. Yeah, well, and I've definitely had doctors who have discussed a high BMI with me. Yeah, and can And told it? me that I was in the... And there were times where I definitely could have been healthier, and it was that, like, I, I resisted... Did you get nudged well, by that? Kind of, because I didn't go to the doctor for a really long time because I was scared to step on the scale. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, yeah. man. I don't even like getting on there. So I finally got to the point where I was having these, like, gastrointestinal problems with the, my throat and they had to do a whole like and they stick the camera down and everything but uh it was when I finally had to go to the doctor and I stepped on the scale and I saw that the number where I was like maybe they should just let us see the number yeah but by the way who are they kidding I'm wearing all my clothes yeah I've had it with this yeah and my shoes and stuff definitely 2.5 pounds and and like after a lot, what are we talking about? Right. Right. I really am mad about this. I, know. I hear it <laughs> because they should at least be like, "This is a rough thing." You know, I know you I have your feel clothes like on. I have had nurses who have done that. They to me. don't do that to me. Oh, I felt like I feel like I've had like a couple who've been like, "Eh, that's like not even." And I thing. hate how they now they have the digital, but you know when the old. Oh yeah, and they I like move that. it over, I move it that. over. I hate that scale. I hate and you that scale. stand there, and every it's like having a a. Um, and then they have to move the thing one over, and I'm like, you could just start at 150. <laughs> start there. Don't start at fucking 100, and then go to, start at the big one, and then go down. That's what I'm saying. That I really do think. I mean, for Christ's sake, <gasps> this reminds me. Mm-hmm. I just watched a whole video on Vox. Yeah. About women's sizing. Okay, what do you and got? And how it's completely fucking fake. Well, yeah. And like all over the map. And, oh my God, oh my God, it's all coming back to me. So do you know where women's sizing, the generic sizing came from? No. This is so interesting. I'm going to put this link to the video in, it's like a quick like nine minute video, but it gives the history of where our sizes came from. So sizes were all over the map. And then when um, it was in World War One where we needed to mass produce clothing because People were. Oh yeah, I did read. I saw that video. I'm sure you was did. It Fox? Sounds, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. see that. And so when mass producing, cl- when they started to mass produce clothes, they needed to come out with generic sizes. Yeah. So they rounded up a bunch of women to do this, but they offered financial compensation for doing it, and they only used white women. So they, I think they, they said in the Vox video that they had originally taken the measurements of. African-American women, but then throughout their sizes, only used the white women's sizes. But they also, because they were offering financial compensation, they were getting women who were malnourished and were underfed. So that the sizes that they were showing were a skewed reflection of the population because they were really only pulling. It's like if we said, like if you were to pull lower socioeconomic for sizes right now, it would be disproportionate to, they would all be larger. Mm -hmm. Because we know that that population is on average because of a lack of nutrition and balanced diets have a are, are at a different weight than mm-hmm. an, uh, somebody who's but back then it was the opposite yes 
So that's where all those si- the strange sides came from. And then they did, uh, you know, one girl, they went and got a size four at the Gap and a size four at Old Navy and a size four from the same company. Yeah. And, like the same umbrella company. Yeah, because Old Navy, Gap, and Banana Republic are all owned yes. by the same company. And they are all different. They will all fit you different. Well, they're, they do vanity sizing too, yeah. like Abercrombie. There was a time when I fit into the child size at Abercrombie. And uh, come on. Like, who are we kidding here? That's crazy. Yeah. And, but it's about vanity. And so people prefer the company that sells them the size four instead of the size eight, because we like to be, say, I'm a size four, whatever it is. And everything was all, it like came from the numbers are. Well, that's why I prefer the, like the jeans that are Uh based on the inches. Like a actual size. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just the inches and men's that it is. has always been like that. Right. But and women's is women's were not. based more on emotion <sighs> now because they can choose. They can just say, this is a two. The article at the end of it said, when you buy something, tr- don't like look at visually what you think is going to fit you. And then when you get home, fucking cut the size out of it. Yeah. Because nobody, can, it does not matter. No. Right? It does not the I'm number not on the inside you, of the jean doesn't change what size you like, it does what it, people see even though in your head you think like ah do it cut that size out because it fucks with your head you know what you shouldn't cut out what is helping your skin that should be a normal part of your routine and don't cut that out yeah for sure in fact um as you guys know i love bioclarity i got a text message from tori from the challenge oh, yeah. and she goes do you really love BioClarity yeah. or is this just like yeah. something you have to say? And I'm like, I am obsessed. Here's why. And I'm going to send her my um, before picture so she sees because she'll be uh, appreciative yeah. of that. Um, but she said she's going to try it because I was like, and there's a 100% guarantee. Yeah. So like, whatevs, give it a try. See if it works for you because it's been a miracle for me. I've had, then when I was at the pit event, someone said, do you really love the stuff? That you talk about. And I was like, yes. yes. And then I had to show her the text from Tori <laughs> and my response. But oh, I do love good. BioClarity. I love what it does to my skin. It's a three-step uh, acne wash. And then now there's a fourth step, which I also love, to moisturize. And if you want to try it, go to BioClarity.com and you get your first month for $9.95 plus free shipping. It's a $20 savings. And like I said, it's satisfaction guaranteed. So like see if it works for you. And for me, it's just a part of my routine. Do it every day, like clockwork. And my skin has never been better. Well, maybe when I was 10 years old, it was this good. (laughs) But since then, never again. So thank you, BioClarity, and you guys should try it. Um, Okay. Yeah, man. Moving on. Yeah. Um, So that was about slut shaming, but, or I mean, weight shaming, but I wanted to talk about slut shaming. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So that I was on Instagram mm-hmm. and I got a message from someone or a comment that said, Susie, do you regret slut shaming your fellow cast members on Inferno three? Mm. Uh, and it was that there was more to her comment that was aggressive, but you do not strike me as somebody who would ever slut shame somebody. Yeah. So I wrote back and I was like, I would, if I had done that, but I didn't. So no, I don't. And then she wrote back and quoted me. (gasps) What'd you say? Um, it was directed towards Tanya and it was, um, 
I hate Tanya because she's always in new sexual positions, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, I have no memory of that. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I totally didn't recollect saying that and I do regret it. And then she stopped responding, which I hated because I was like owning up yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, which is great that you. So then I deleted all her comments and mine because I was like, you don't want to have a conversation. You right. just wanted to shame Point. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I deleted it. But I took the point because. Uh-huh. Do, do you have any idea what the context that was in? Or? Yeah. Yeah, tell so, us. So um, Tanya and I were, ri- you know, rivals on the show. We didn't like each other. And um, we, I, me, Kara, Coley and some other people played I Hate Tanya Because game. And in the end... God, isn't it crazy that we get sucked into those stupid, stupid games when mm -hmm. we're there? Like the Mary Fuck Hill thing that like always gets somebody in trouble. Yeah. They're just sad. Okay, yeah. So in the end, the answer to my I Hate Tanya Because was I Hate Tanya Because She Hates Me. Like that was the, my last answer uh-huh. because that was the actual truth. Like she hated yeah. me. So of yeah. course I hated her back. Yeah. Um, but within the game, I guess I said that because uh-huh. she was always one of these people that would like wander around the house and like arch her back and like do all the Like, let me show you guys my new yoga move. And then yeah. she'd like bend over backwards and like thrust. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and I'm sure that bothered me session. at yeah. the time. Yeah, absolutely. And also um, you have to think that you're seeing these things with, 18, 19, 20 year old eyes. Like think about, I mean, it's been a long oh, time. Oh yeah. This was like what? 10, you know? 10 or 12 years yeah, ago. So I anybody, mean, but I can just, I can in my head, like hear, like think of the person listening to this right now that is like, Oh my God, I can't believe the Susie that I know and love would do this. And I want to be like, Whoa, pump the brakes. Because like, if we look back and I think back on things I've said and things I've done, I'm like, man, I was so blind or I was so naive or I was so, you know, whatever. Like I've come so far in my, um, you know, kind of like understanding of myself or self-awareness. Uh, and Right. You know. I mean, absolutely I regret it. I, I still do hate her. Mm-hmm. It's not for mm-hmm. those reasons though. I hope she's getting mm-hmm. all slutty. I don't mind huh. that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But... I absolutely regret it. And I was like annoyed though that something that I did 10 years ago or whatever it was is still like, like Mm -hmm. I'm being quoted as if I still feel that way or that's who I am or whatever. And I was thinking about how, like, if you, if someone had a camera on you during your whole Mm twenties, which is essentially what I had you wouldn't believe the things you did that you've forgotten. Cause I didn't even remember that. And evidently that's in an episode. I have no recollection yeah. of that. And, um, I was thinking, you know, most people have said terrible things, whether it's like racist stuff or yeah. like sexist stuff or whatever. And I was wondering because we recently talked about how you at the final on Rivals 3 regretted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not maybe doing something different. Yeah. And I wondered, do you have other regrets from that time, like from your time on the show? Like were Ooh. you mean to anybody? Because I, I do regret that and I wanted to, like the record to show that I wish that I hadn't said those things about her. Mm. Are you like I mean, good? it's really hard, hard for me to... I, I feel like yours doesn't feel as like, distant as mine. 
I would have some. I would have to have somebody approach me with like. I'm sure like there a is quote. a moment that I forgot that I something. You know, I I looking back, I think the one thing that I will say, um, I uh, isn't. I think I was guilty by association a lot. I think I was one who laughed at jokes that maybe yeah. were hurtful to other people, people like especially Johnny's jokes and the jokes that like guys had. Like now, I would stand up for the people who were the jokes were because I, I, and I think at the time it was one of those, thank God it's not me. And yeah. I was just happy that the joke wasn't aimed at me because it often was. And so it's like, if, if I'm laughing with them, it's, it, that makes me feel good because the joke isn't aimed at me. Yeah. But now as an adult who really cares about the sense of self and the self-worth of of every individual, like I would absolutely, and you know what? I can imagine me standing up to in that moment and the response I would get, because I remember there were times where I did stand up and you just get, it like, actually, then the spotlight's on you. Yeah. And then it makes it worse. And it's like, Oh, Sarah can't take it. And you know, it was almost easier, but it's not, that's not how, that's not real life. Like you should stand up for the person who's being picked on. And I would absolutely. So that's my thing. Yeah. That that's say. a good one. All right. Reflection. Then we both agree. Yeah. We have a little something. Yeah. yeah so I, I also regret not yelling at the dumbass on Instagram who like quit talking to me even after I said, dumbass. I'm going to slut shame her. Slut shame. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't like when people mm. do that because I'm so available on social media that I think mm-hmm. if I write back, then I'm in a conversation. So you better not disappear and act all superior. Right. If you took the time to ask me and took the time to answer. Fuck then, you. Like, you know, yeah. Can um, it. Yeah. What's next? Uh, I've got a really interesting story, kind of story, but more like... Is this the one where you're crabby? Because i got to play the music for that. No, I'm not crabby yet. Okay. This is like just something interesting my brother was sharing. My brother's a firefighter, and he recently went to a firefighter convention, like one where they... Yeah. And he's like so pumped because, you know, in whatever field you're in, when you go and you're really passionate about it, and then you meet the people who like you read about in books, and they're like celebrities within your world. So he was like all excited. And they were going over, he spent like half a day doing, uh, like breaking open doors and like, <laughs> like, like how, like one tool that'll break open any door. And so he was telling me about like how it's so important to know, because there are so many doors, like you never know what you're going to roll into if you're a firefighter. And he said, yeah, they even opened. You mean the- so many different kinds of doors? Yeah, okay, oh. I never thought about that. So he said, yeah, they, this, this tool, this like great tool that we are using even opens panic doors. And I was like, what is a panic door? And he said, you know, those doors at every single concert you've ever been to. So, you know, that metal bar that's across a door and you push it and it opens. It's like a, it's a push open door. They're always at concerts or movie theaters or stadiums or anything where the door only opens from one side. Like it's into an arena and it'll be a, just a regular door with like a metal bar that goes across and you push on the bar and the door opens. It's usually double swinging. Do you know what I'm talking about or do I need to pull it up show an me. image? Okay, let me show you what an image is of this. Okay, um uh just like does the thing push in the, yes. the handle? Uh panic bar door. Okay, so this is what it looks like. It pushes in. Let me show you. It's okay. like this. Oops, okay. This is the oh, come on, Sarah. Get it together here. So it's a door like that. They're like at all yeah. schools. It's yeah. like a metal bar that you push down on and opens. And the metal bar, yeah, it goes in and then the door opens. And the door opens. Yeah. 
Do you know why that was invented? No. This is the part that was like, holy crap. What? So that door was invented after the largest fire in um, in history. It was the the largest, like, uh, most in deadliest theater fire. It was, oh, theater. Yeah, it was the most deadliest theater fire, deadliest single building fire in the United this States. This is getting very specific. Yeah, and well, because I know there's another fire that's a really big one that then started the reason why we have trauma counseling, and that's another fire that's like a really important one. I don't want to discredit what that led to, so <laughs> whatever. Okay. So this one's called the Iroquois Theater Fire, and it happened in 1903 in Chicago, and they were all inside the theater. There was a fire, and at the time, it was a door. They had doors that only opened in one direction, and everybody was pushing on the door. But it was a door that swung out, like you have, like you have to pull it out. So they needed everybody to move back from the door, and it was a pull instead of a push. So everybody is crowded around. You have like, I think it was something like six hundred people or a crazy number of people who died in there, and you have all those people pushing against a door where you're supposed to pull. So after that fire, they came out with this metal bar that is then an emergency bar. So every single time you're in a room where it has a capacity of over a certain number of people, they have to have a panic door. And the word panic door like freaks me out because that is what that is. And I've pressed on that kind of bar a thousand times and never thought that this was designed because hundreds of people died when this wasn't an invention. That's terrible. I was like, whoa, that made me, I was like, I talked to my brother and I was like, I got to Talk to the podcast people about I'm, that because I'm confused, that's crazy. Though. Let's say, picture the door. Yeah. Let's say you remove the metal part. Why can't you just push the door open? Well, because I, I think that one part of this being is like there's a design to keep people out as well. Like it's a school. So there's a safety on both sides. So like you mm. need, like it has to be able to lock yeah, from unlocks. one side. Okay. It has to be able to lock from one side, but then never lock from the other side. Gotcha. And a hundred percent be able to get that's out. That's the thing. That's, yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing is like, it has to be able to not ever. Yeah. And not ever open from the outside, uh-huh. but always open from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. So like, cause you want to be able to have these people rush out and, and like, Oh, it just gave me goosebumps all over to think that that is something that I come in contact with almost every day and never thought about. And then I thought like, what else was designed because, you know, Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Have you ever had to call the fire people? Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember well, your when house. When I got locked inside my house. But right. that's not the only time. This is actually funny. My, I had to call the fire department a whole bunch when I used to babysit my little brothers because I had one brother who used to always climb up on really high places and threaten to jump off. Like He would just be like, I'm going to jump, like, and just to cause ruckus. And so he would go up on the roof. And he, when he was like two and a half, my mom had to call the fire department because he was probably 60 feet high in a tree. He was just a climber. This is Jordan. Two who, and a half? No, no joke. I'm not even I am not exaggerating. She will absolutely like swear in a stack of Bibles that as soon as he could move, 
he was up trees. And it was like, she, he was the kid who had to be on a leash. He then got a job as the search and rescue for like mountains and like a, a amazing rock climber and wilderness guy and is skilled in all those areas. So goes to show you. And then the other little brother who's now a firefighter, I used to have to call the fire department because he liked fire. And Why one, do they all love fire, these guys? He, you know how on the, Unsolved Mysteries, yes. it's always like arsonists that end up working at the fire well, station? Well, you know, he's, I, he's not an arsonist, I hope, but he <laughs> sure, sure as heck loves fire and is like pumped at firefighter conventions. And I'm glad he's channeled it. Yeah, thank goodness, because, you know, better than putting him out than starting him. So. Good night, Irene. Yeah, so I did have to call the fire department a few times. Once my our kitchen stove caught on fire, like, and the funny thing is, is like I went into full panic mode and my brother who's came in all calm and was like, we're just going to shut the oven door. Shut the oven door and the fire went out. But no. I was like, oh, and he was like, and he must have been like five or six at the time. And the amount of like ability to hand, like hand, I recognized it then that like this guy should be a first responder because wow. I was in pure panic mode. And he's like, everything's fine. We're just going to close this. So I had to times. call one time. Uh, when I was dating Adam mm-hmm. and I was living with my lesbian friends mm-hmm. and there was an electrical fire in the <gasps> kitchen that it started smoking up through the wall and it's snowing outside. My, the one les comes up and she's like, Susie, there's a fire in the kitchen. We got to go. And I'm Skyping Adam who still lived in Thailand oh. at the time. And I put my computer down and I go, I got to go. And he goes, take me with you. <laughs> the whole time and the fire trucks come and the firefighters come and he's like it's i'm out there snowing with my computer with him on skype was there damage on they put it out but it was okay yeah but like i mean come on i should what was i doing i always remember how they're like don't bring anything like just go come on that's like it was just smoke i mean right he was like take me with you landon caught our Oh my god, this is actually a funny story. So I mean, I have like a whole like bunch of yeah, run-ins with fire a little lately. Too many. I know this one's weird. The other day, I was making a, a, a chicken pot pie, and I have uh, eyelash extensions. Yeah. So I have to be when I open the the once I open the oven, and I freaking melted my eyelashes for real. Yeah, like it singed the tips of them, so it looked like burnt. Like oh, I had to snip them off. Wait it was a minute. Terrible. It was all bad. Your oven. Yeah, because it's if I have it on about four hundred degrees or something, you open it, you get that wave of heat. Like yeah, but not fire. I wouldn't have guessed. No, but it's so hot that it it was enough. Like this lashes are so delicate. So, so delicate. to protect my beautiful lashes, that I spent so much money on. I wear scuba oh my goggles. God. You're ridiculous. So the other day, I'm cooking my chicken pot pie, and I had just mixed up like the the mixture, and I poured it into the bowl that I'm then going to put in the oven and I go to put it in the oven and I turned my, I have like a, one of those stoves where there's a high broil, like a high uh, flame that you can turn up like super, super high, but also has a low setting that's so low that you can barely even tell it's on. So it was on and I didn't know that my stove top was on. I put my scuba goggles down. Oh my God. Next thing you know, I'm like, what's that scent? What's that smell? I look over, scuba goggles are on fire. <laughs> I now have a melty scuba goggle thing. So sorry. So that I thank God did not have to call the fire department, but I was like, that would have been oh, embarrassing. Oh dear Lord, yeah. 
I freaking, I was like, oh my God, Sarah, you're so dumb. Like you can't, like, <laughs> you lit your scuba goggles on fire and nobody's going to. But get, your eyelashes were safe. But my eyelashes were fine and that's all that matters. You ready to get crabby? Oh, yep. I got one. So let's do this. Let's people. do it. Whew. Okay. Here we go. Do you have one? No. Okay. Ready? I, at first, I was like, I don't know if that I have anything to be crabby about today. There's and always something. Always. I actually have a story later that I think you're going to be crabby about after well, I tell you the story. we have about 10 minutes. Oh, so. dang. Okay. Well, I'll have to rush through this. Um, so the thing I am crabby about today is I, uh, because it's almost Halloween, got a fun size, because they're the best, uh, <laughs> package of peanut M&M's. Okay. And Wait. Normally, oh, right. I've never M&Ms, had those. Okay? Yeah. I've had Reese's peanut butter. You've never... No, no, excuse me. Peanut M&M's, not peanut butter. Just okay. peanut M&M's. Gotcha. Peanut M&M's. I have had those. Okay, I was just going to make sure. I was like, what the... Fucking <laughs> rock? Okay. But still, now I should get you some peanut that. M&M's. Uh, now I'm mad about that. Um, or peanut butter M&M's. Um, so on the package for the fun size peanut M&M's, I finally noticed for the first time ever the green M&M. Yeah. And what she was doing on the package. And I was like, this is so, like, what? gendered. And well, she's blowing a kiss. Well, I'm glad that's what she's blowing. Uh, I didn't see. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine <laughs> she's was- giving yellow M&M a BJ on there? What if? <laughs> that one just got, somehow went under the radar. I got, like, a X, triple X version of M&M's that came out with a naughty pack. What if? They're suggestive. The, well, this M&M looked suggestive. And then I thought... There's only one female M&M. Mm. And there's only one role that this female M&M... And, like, it's easy to see in things like the Smurfs and when they're on the stand-up, but it's almost... It was so subtle, and it's something that I had never noticed for so long. And I was like, man, if you're a little girl mm. and you just... You get images. The only images of females that you get are ones with big lips, fake eyelashes, and blown kisses. yeah. And the men, M&M, male M&Ms just look generic. And there are like five male M&Ms. What are they doing on there? They're, one's looking real dumb. The one, <laughs> she's blowing a kiss to the dumb looking one. And I'm That's like, there's a message right. in there too. <laughs> Nobody's reading their M&M package. I did. And I wasn't happy I about did. it. And well, so- that's why we need badass bitches through history. Definitely do. Do we have one for today? <gasps> Ooh. If we don't, we'll just skip it because that's the life story of every badass bitch. You know what? I do, but I, le- I left my book at home. It's all right, Sarah. We'll do oh, it next time. She's a marine biologist, but you guys are going to love her. But I need to have all the info so I can pr- I can deliver it with the... You know what? Everything she deserves. Make no with. apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. else you got before we go? Ooh, okay, wait, let me check my list. I already talked about the world's happiest places. I already talked about the M&Ms that I'm pissed out about, pissed off about. Hmm, uh, that's it for me. Did you know that there was this um, professor who, or maybe it was a, it was a teacher of some kind who put a, a male symbol on the board and a mm. female symbol, mm-hmm. and he asked the boys, like, what do you do every day to protect yourself from sexual assault? And of course, like they just sort of laugh and then yeah. they might say like, I don't go to prison or something like that. Uh-huh. And then they ask the girls, what do you do every day to protect yourself? And then the list was like 50 things. Yeah. I hold my keys as a weapon. Yeah. I make sure I don't walk down dark streets alone. Yeah. 
Can you, like, whenever I read the whole list, I'll put it in the newsletter. Like, I just thought, mm-hmm. they never have to think no, about never. it. I, I have this conversation with Landon all the time. I never talk about it, but I mean, it's constantly a thing you're aware of. There was a commercial that came on. We were both listening to Howard Stern, and they have a commercial for this product called Tiger Claws or Tiger something. And it's a product that you hold in your hand that was uh, inspired by the whole key, holding the keys things. Yeah. But it also has a feature in it where like, you press it, and these retractable claws come out, and it supposedly... Uh, captures a bit of their DNA as well. Like, so it, it has either a hollowed out portion where you're going to collect some information, like, you know, biological info on there. And Landon couldn't understand how the product, like, couldn't visualize what the product looked like. He was like, I don't get how it gets DNA. Like, what is it? And I had to explain to him what that product looks like because I, w- he was not familiar with the holding the keys between your finger thing because he's never had. And I said, well, you know how you thought, and he goes, I don't, what do you yeah. mean? Like, Oh, like they just that's don't right. Have to you think don't know it. how. Well, as a woman, we often are scared when and in a way to defend ourselves because you would normally feel like somebody's going to attack us when we walk, oh, I don't know, fucking anywhere. One time I, was, I got into an elevator, or no, I was in the elevator and going down and there stops at a floor and maybe 12 construction workers, male construction workers, get into the elevator with me. How did you feel? I mean... I was scared, but then they started making jokes about it, and uh-huh. I appreciated that because okay. they had the sense that, like, uh-huh. I was shitting my pants. Yeah. Isn't that sad that we feel scared when there's, like, a whole... Well, just because the numbers are yeah. bad in that case. I and mean... they're usually big dudes, too. Yeah, and they we just laughed it off, but I just thought, I mean, that's something you just have to live with. Because if that were the wrong group of construction workers and there were a different... Um, Culture. Or just the wrong group of men. Or gro- right. Yeah. I don't want to, like, I'm just yeah. using that because that's the example. I don't want to, like... I didn't care that they were construction right. workers. <laughs> it's more like a group of men. Yeah. When a large group of men approaches you, I've seen enough episodes of a lot. I mean, not to, like, talk yeah. about scary stuff, but, like, that is something that we think about and, yeah. like, that men need to realize that freaking crosses our mind, for goodness sakes. I remember when I said I wasn't going to make this a sad episode. I know. We really messed that up. Oh, all right. That's all for now. Yeah, man. Bye, everybody. See ya.